And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. Kia ora and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. Formerly the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify. A big shalom to everyone seeking the city to come. This is episode 20, finally a legit podcast. Someone was just saying to me this week, you know you're real, you know you're not a peter out if you make it to episode 20. So here we are, we're in the promised land. Fill Me In is a podcast where we talk to Kiwi Christians who were not raised as Christians about how the Lord brought them into the flock. We chat the highs and lows, the inspiring and the brutal, the rest and the work and everything in between that comes with belonging to the risen saviour. I've got Monica here with me today. How you going, Monica? Yeah, going good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Glad to have you on. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you here for special episode 20. Yeah. To uh, to kick the episode off, could you just introduce yourself to us? Um, hi, my name is Monica, but to my friends I'm commonly known as Moni. Um, I was born in Lower Hutt, Wellington, but grew up in West Auckland most of my life. And I've just recently moved to the Tauranga area. Beautiful. Yeah. How old are you? I am 25. Nice. And how long have you been a Christian for? I have been a Christian roughly 9, 10 years now. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. So that should should make for a great story. Yeah. <laughs> and so speaking of that, I mean, obviously the point of this is to talk with people who uh, are Christian but weren't raised uh, to be that. So um, I, I like to start the conversation off by talking about, I guess, where you're at at the moment with things to do with faith and then jumping back. So could we maybe just start off um, you telling us about your Christian life at the moment? Go from there. Sure. Uh, well, prior to the past two weeks, um, I was serving at the church I became a Christian at uh, in West Auckland called mm. Massey Presbyterian Church. Cool. Um, I was serving uh, the youth group as a youth leader, have been for many, many years, uh, most of my time there. Um, I led worship on Sunday mornings there. Um, I run a small group for uh, high school aged girls yeah. and I was mentoring one of them formally. Um and yeah, I studied at Laidlaw College. All right. um, I studied theology there. I did a Bachelor of Ministries and yeah. So you're like, <laughs> you're busy for the Lord. Very busy. Oh, and I have a husband that I look after now. <laughs> right. Who's here with us? How yeah. you going? <laughs> Just so like, what, do yeah. I talk or what do I say? <laughs> Good to have you with us too, man. <laughs> cool. And so maybe like to spin it off into this angle, like if you were talking to someone and they weren't a believer mm. and they were asking you like what's what's the christian deal about what does it mean to be christian um help help me understand this whole thing what sort of things would you be pointing them to or things would you be saying to this person um i would probably talk about their purpose or meaning in mm. their life um as a non-believer i know that i was always seeking mm. purpose and meaning in things whether it was getting good grades at school or being a good friend or yeah. making my parents proud. But I didn't really have like a strong foundation under that. It was more right. just doing those things for the sake of those things yeah. because the world tells me those are good things. But yeah, um, yeah so I'd probably um, just talk about whether they thought mm. about whether there's a deeper meaning to mm. the things that they do or whether even if they go through trials and suffering, yeah. whether they perceive it as having meaning or whether mm. they just go through it and it's something to avoid in their lives. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. That's fascinating. I was just up at the the Wilberforce Foundation's little event they had on last week where they were just giving stats around faith and spirituality in mm. New Zealand. And they said that 37% of Kiwis believe life has objective meaning, mm. <laughs> which just, and it's almost framed like that's a positive thing. Like, hey, here's yeah. an avenue for the church. But it kind of just gets me thinking about like, well, so what percentage don't, don't think there's any meaning yeah you know yeah so i think it's a it's a, it's a great avenue to go down for sure so i mean talk to me about um i guess your understanding of uh who christ is and what he's done and and what that's accomplished for you mm. well jesus christ to me is my lord and savior mm. Um, I guess from a theological point of view, he's the second person of the Trinity. Do it. Yep. Good. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Beautiful. Spirit. But um, yeah, has his, serves his purpose as yep. the Son and the second person. Um, Jesus, to me, is my hope. Mm. Yeah, as, as beautiful as heaven sounds, heaven would be nothing without my God. So. Mm. Yeah, he is my hope in my life, whether I'm going through good times or bad times. And yeah, um, I guess he's my best friend. Mm. Yeah, even in a time where I had good friends or bad friends around me. Yeah. He's been my constant, even before I knew him. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone wanted to be in on this, to be in on heaven, where he, as God, will be, and for him to be... uh, your friend even, which mm. he does refer to himself as our, as our friend in scripture. What does someone have to do to be in on that? Well, I think a lot of people shy away from it, but I would just say repent and believe. Yeah. Repent is not a bad word. No, I know it can feel like that. And even after this many years of being a Christian, it's not the easiest mm. thing, but it is the best thing to do. Yeah. To, yeah. Awesome. Well, so that's obviously not where you've you've always been at in, yeah. in terms of some of the stuff. You've you've come into this a little bit later. So let, let's go back to before the Christian stuff. Mm. Um, so could you talk to me about Monica? Um, I'll, I'll slip in the the friend nickname later on, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just just assert that. Um, but yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> but but jumping back earlier anyway. Yeah. yeah. T- tell us about. Yeah, I guess the way you looked at the world and how you understood things and what your life was like before the gospel. Yeah, um, I guess as a young child, I was very quiet, um, very to myself. But when my younger sister started coming to school, um, we're four years apart. So when she started coming to school, I noticed that my personality changed quite drastically. Um, I became a lot more loud and protective and naturally in that my friend group um, kind of changed Mm -hmm. and not necessarily for the good. Um, I got tied up in light drugs and alcohol um, and intermediate. Yeah. So a very young age. Um, Though I was always a good student. So when I was around like elders or um, like in school assemblies and things like that, I always tried my best yeah. and um, was very studious, but in terms of, um, I guess, social life. Yeah. Yeah. I was mixed up with um, not a good crowd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so somewhere along the way, you're, you're moving into Christianity. So how does, how does the gospel, or how does Jesus first start breaking into this world? Like, do you remember the yeah. first sort of encounters you had with Christianity and that sort of thing? Um, I guess it would have been quite young. So both my parents grew up uh, in 
the Christian faith, but okay. um, they definitely walked away when yeah. they were old enough to yeah. decide that on their own. And so I never grew up in um, the church setting. I had been to church before, but yeah. my understanding of the gospel was very transactional. Mm. And like we'd pray, we'd still pray before we eat. Mm. And it was such a big deal if we even ate before we prayed as if that was like an egregious sin. Right. Um, and it was like, oh, be good, listen to your parents, do good to others. But there was nothing really else sure. to the gospel message. Yeah. And it was at the end of your life, if you've done enough good things, maybe you'll get to heaven. Yeah. And if not, you'll suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's sort of what you're meaning when you say transactional. It's sort of like, I do this and you'll do this for me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And everything, because um, my dad's Roman Catholic. And so okay. it was very much drilled in the the works part, yeah, okay. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it wasn't until um, high school and my partner at the time, he's born and raised a Christian and he attended Massey Presbyterian. Okay. And um, he, they were going to the Mystery Creek Easter camp. Yeah. And okay. he invited me along. I was like, oh, no, there's lots of Christians there, you know, and like, my dad doesn't like Christians. I don't want to get in trouble yeah. and like, I'll feel out of place. And he's like, oh, there'll be a netball tournament there. And I was like, okay, I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> it was very, quite arrogant, to be honest. You I was like, played yeah, I'll come. a great game. Yeah, you? yeah. Okay. I'll come show these Christians how to play netball yeah. or whatever. And um, yeah, and so I went and it was actually a really good experience, yeah. but um, probably one of two sort of miraculous encounters with Jesus um, okay. happened on the first night. I had never seen anyone worshipping with their eyes closed and arms up before with the lights dimmed yeah. and it was um actually really daunting and so i was like okay everyone's closing their eyes so maybe i should just close my eyes and it'll yeah. make me feel better and so i did and there was this song um by all sons and daughters great are you lord yeah that song played i'd never ever heard it in my life and i sung it from start to finish every single word yeah and my eyes were closed and yeah it was just this i don't know i just felt like this veil was lifted off my head and okay. I could, I definitely wasn't a, um, like Apostle Paul kind of conversion, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, a, like a slow and gradual one from then on. Yeah. Far out. Okay. Yeah. Mystery Creek, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Mystery Creek. Of all places. Yeah. yeah that's, that's cool. I used to go along to a few of the Mystery Creek um, Easter camps like when I was a teenager. Cause yeah. What are you, you're 25. Yeah. So I'm 30, so it would have been, I guess, probably five years ago. <laughs> what, what year was this? That, that 2014? 2014, okay. Right up. Man, I thought you were going to say the miracle was that you saw somebody worshipping. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, wow, a New Zealander that acknowledges yeah. someone higher than themselves. Like, amazing. But yeah, no, that's cool. Okay, far out. So so you're at this camp, and do, do you remember like talking with other people that were at the camp about some of these, I guess... Well, I mean, that's, that's an experience, right? Like you're, yeah. you're sing, what, singing the song that you don't know the words. So obviously there's some kind of connection or, um, you know, interaction, acknowledgement of the divine, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Did you, did you chat about that with people? Yeah. So, um, my, shortly after that camp, I had gone to the youth pastor's wife. Okay. Um, and I had just said to her, I was like, Hey, I had this like experience i don't know how to explain it i promise yeah. i didn't know the song <laughs> right yeah and i think i actually felt kind of um almost ashamed or guilty in a way okay of sharing as if she was going to say like oh you're just lying that doesn't right. happen 
um, yeah, she was very warm about it, very encouraging, and offered to mentor me. And cool. So I was like, sure. <laughs> so so you go home from the from the camp. Yeah. And so are you? Did you get involved like at the church there or at the youth group or things yeah. like this? Yeah. So uh, I went to one youth group before the Easter camp just yeah. to get a feel of the people. Yeah. Um, and then the Easter camp, and then from then on, I had gone there ever since until two weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. Um, so tell tell me about the the intervening time since there. Then, well, no, actually. Back up. I mean, there are stuff, are things I want to talk about, but um, the gospel message itself. So, I mean, you've mentioned this this incident where you were you were singing the song, um, and you know, around Christian people, obviously at the camp, and you've and you've gone along, but specifically like this claim that you know you are sinful, uh, you're created, you mm. have obligations to your creator. Um, you, you haven't kept those. And mm. so Christ has had to come. He's had to die. He's risen from death. He offers forgiveness to anyone who comes to him. Like at some point, I'm guessing you would have encountered like that claim. That, yeah. That is my, do you remember first encountering that or being talked to about that and what you made of it? Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I found it quite easy to take on okay. after that experience at yeah. the camp. Um, I wouldn't say it was drilled too much at the camp. It okay. was a lot more of the, um, like, God loves you. Yeah. This is what he's done for you. And there's a big party on Resurrection Sunday kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was, I, I did enjoy that. But then coming into youth group afterwards and they, um, the youth pastor had said, just be aware that this mountaintop moment you'll feel sure. at camps like these, the Christian life is not always going to feel right. like that. And I was like, Okay, and I was really grateful that he had <laughs> kind of <laughs> said that to me or warned me before sure. coming back. Um, yeah, but it was at the next Devo at youth group the next Friday. Okay. He was going through um, our experiences of camp, talking about what Jesus' death or life, death, and resurrection yeah. means to us, and kind of just said, camp is cool, but this is the heart of the gospel message. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but I yeah I just found it um, it just settled on my heart very gently. Yeah. yeah. And you were in. Yeah, definitely a lot harder. <laughs> the more in I got. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that, that's amazing. So let's, let's talk about um, the further in you got, as, mm. as you say. I mean, one of the important things about the Christian life is that it's not meant to be lived alone. It's beautiful that there's yeah. you know big camps with heaps of people and and on a more regular. I guess, down-to-earth thing that can happen all the time. You've got mm. the local church um, and, and things like this, uh, where we meet people who encourage us and, and help us. Do you have people in particular that, as you look back over this, um, well, these nine years or so that you mentioned, um, being a believer, particular people that have been a real blessing to you, that have mm. helped you along the way and have encouraged you and made you, you know, helped you grow into the Christian that you are today? Do you have people that come to mind when I sort of raise that? Yeah, um, I definitely say first off, uh, my youth pastor at the time and mm -hmm. his wife. Okay. Um, and then the next lot of youth pastor yeah. and wife, um, that duo, um, the senior pastor at my church, okay. him and his new wife. Um, yeah, they've been I don't know, just such great encouragements yeah. and have spurred me on in the faith and 
um, have taken me in. Yeah. Yeah. And so I probably say all those people and yeah. a few of my friends, um, parents. Cool. Yeah. Just in the way that they live their marriage and their lives yeah. as individuals as well. And yeah, kind of like second parents. Cause I could never go to my own parents. Yes. Yeah. Um, as encouragement in for sure faith. yeah yeah awesome awesome well let's talk a little bit about i guess reflecting again over the the period of time i like to talk about particular things that you think have gone i guess well or things that um on the other hand you think man i wish i did that a little bit differently mm. um so let, let's talk about that the the good side of that at first just things that as you look back you go man i'm stoked it panned out that way that yeah. was great um I would absolutely do that again the same way. Do you have things in particular that stick out to you like that? Yeah. um, It was funny, actually, like pondering these questions. It's going to sound really cheesy. And I asked him whether I should say it or not. He's like, of course. (laughs) Um, But I actually wouldn't change anything. Okay. Like this is the way that the Lord has planned my life Mm. and has ordained it to unfold. Yeah. And like he can see the whole picture and I can't. Yeah. And so I don't know what would be affected if I changed one good thing. Sure. And yeah. As much as my flesh would want good things longer and hard things. Less. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like I do think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, cause like love that. And, and a lot of the people, a lot of the people that come on here will, will say that um, just the Calvinism so intensifying. God's, yeah. <laughs> God's in control. Uh, yeah. It couldn't have been any different than it was. And it's been, you know, I to- totally get that. But maybe, maybe to, I guess, rephrase it, because um, totally resonate with that. Um, yeah. And yeah, you can't change the pain um, and you can't even change the mistakes. Um, even those are being worked together for our good. So, mm. so totally with that. But let's say maybe you were talking to, someone who's just been converted Mm. today and they come in here and you know, you've got a few years of experience on you now. Do you have any particular things that you would recommend to them that they take up? Like, okay, you're Mm. about to start this journey of being a follower of Jesus. You need to do this. Do you have particular things like that, that you'd throw their way? Uh, one going and serving at going to and serving at church. Okay. Um, and two, like don't underestimate the power of prayer. Okay. And it doesn't have to be this on my knees, super reverent, like big words kind of prayer. Right. But even if it's just like, Lord, I, I just can't do it today. Mm. Like that to me is a very holy prayer. And For sure. some of the most holy experiences I've had have been when I don't even have words to yeah. pray. It's just either like groans or i'm singing along with a song yeah, or yeah, i have totally. to read someone else's prayers from like the 1800s or yeah yeah and so i think like don't neglect those that's spaces great. yeah that's great and I, I i mean i don't know if you deliberately use the word groans there to quote paul <laughs> or if you well, no nah, i just groan sometimes <laughs> uh, too. Um, but, but i think there's something to that eh? i think like, yeah. there's, a, there's a reason that he says you know, when he talks about the spirit interceding for us yeah. uh, as we pray. And it's like, yeah, sometimes like you, when, when he says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. Right. And it's just like, yeah, it's like that sometimes you just, <laughs> so I don't know what it is. Like you're just exhausted. You're emotionally fried. And you're yeah. just like, oh, I got nothing. Like I can barely articulate myself, but yeah, like God's still in the midst of that. And God still hears you, 100%. Uh, you know, as, as you know, Christ still hears you as your high priest when you're there. That's, um, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing, obviously, to talk about is you You said you've done study. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So, I yeah. mean, not a lot of people have done that. So, could you tell me about 
Um, what made you want to do that? Yeah, so I um, was I was working full time, um, and I was offered an internship at my church. Yeah, okay. Uh, with relevant study. Cool. And um, it was actually very scary. Out of the two options I had, which was go, like accept the offer and go study, or mm. just uh, decline it and stay at my job. Um, the thought of me at Bible college, it just, <laughs> it was just so scary. Was that? I don't know. I just, it's just never somewhere I ever imagined. And as much as I loved the Lord and had a deep love for his people, yeah. I didn't feel, I guess, equipped enough to be in this realm of sure. academia with all these people who've probably known the Bible since they were in the womb right. because their parents were reading it. I can hear their or... parents reading the Bible. Yeah. Born, yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, yeah, just felt inadequate. And I was like, no, nah, it's okay. I'll stay with like at the youth group and I can serve in, in church. I can lead worship and yeah. things like that. But um, yeah, it was the, it was the option that scared me the most. And Is that the so, only tertiary study you had done at that point? Uh, no. So I previously studied uh, adventure tourism and right. like flight attending. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I did that in 2017 and 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was working at a Christian campsite right. with that qualification. Okay. Yeah. So you went in with a bit of nerves. How did you find it once you, once the ball got rolling? It was a lot to take in uh, the very first semester because I was learning about things like biblical theology, systematic theology. I was like, what is that? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I guess my heart had good intentions, but my brain just didn't have either the wisdom and knowledge yeah. to be able to say, like, these things are core doctrines of Christianity. And, like, if you don't believe these, then... Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, like... Then you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like one plus one doesn't equal three, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. So, um, it was really encouraging, but still very scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot to take in all at once. And yeah. even meeting him in my first semester and being around conversation, like, oh, where do you stand, like, on eschatology are you like pre-trib or what i'm like oh, i don't know and yeah. then he's asked me he's like are you do you go to reform church i was like i don't no know no idea yeah like yeah I, I go to a presbyterian church no idea what presbyterian means yeah yeah and fascinating yeah and so it was just a lot of learning yeah a lot of jargon one. did you find over time you sort of began to get the hang of it yeah. yeah, and I I love theology now. Yeah, and so I'm just really grateful that the Lord brought me through. And um, I think it was also quite daunting because there was only one. There's probably about seven of us under thirty years old. Right, and then in that seven, there was two of us that were girls. Right, and so I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna listen to all the guys that have been learning about this for years, <laughs> and then I'll pipe up when I feel like I have an opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, they've all been so encouraging. I mean, I married one of them, so... <laughs> yeah, so you guys met at, at Bible College. Yeah. And so you guys, like, that's so classic. Like, yeah, I know. Chris, I was getting Bridal College. Yeah, 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 that's right. So so that's that's in your story then, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. But I'm very encouraged about the way that I came in and how I've come out. Like, my theology is pretty much flipped entirely. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. It's... It's a tricky one, eh? Because like, I, I would so love to see the general 
population of Christians in New Zealand mm. get more aware of all of these, you know, all these kinds of things you're talking about. And it's yeah. like, there's got to be a way of doing it, eh? Where, like, not everyone can go off and do the study yeah. like that, but just generally trying to away, uh, raise the awareness of these kinds of things. Because you're right, it's like, Christianity isn't five seconds old, um, <laughs> and there are core doctrines, and it's, it's super weird. Like, I just hear sermons sometimes from, like, you know, bigger churches in New mm. Zealand too, and it's just like, this guy doesn't, get it like, this guy's just making stuff up <laughs> yeah it's like um yeah. and, and obviously no one listening knows because it's yeah. like like presumably no one's hitting him up because mm. he just keeps doing it but it's like there's like other fields where you couldn't get away with that you know if it was like an economics professor or something it just sort of bluffed his way into being the professor you'd be like dude that's not it's that's not, not what that it. is that's yeah. not how it works <laughs> but it just feels like in the church people can get away with it, and that's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it is strange, and because lots of my theology, I wasn't explicitly told this right. is what to believe. It was more I wasn't told what to believe or yes. what is actually needed. Yeah, yeah, and so say like pre Laidlaw, I probably wouldn't even have known that you had to believe that Jesus is fully human and fully God. Right. You know, I, it's it's just nothing. Totally. Yeah, it just didn't cross my mind. I didn't necessarily believe otherwise yeah but i just didn't have a belief on it totally yeah so things like that i'm like oh my gosh that's so important yeah yeah totally <laughs> totally and when you see that like in generations gone by it's been painstakingly talked about and worked yeah. out really intensely like um the chalcedonian creed yeah it's like oh my goodness man like um so yeah some one of my favorite books is on the chalcedonian creed one of them and it's just like this is so key like yeah. who is this savior you know it's it's massive it's massive that's great that's great i'm glad you um i'm glad you've you've found it to be useful so okay so again um we, we got a little bit sidetracked there but that's that's my bad um that's talking okay. about so yeah not not talking to yourself then not not talking about what you would change in your own story because you can't change that god's sovereign in the pain and the good you meant it for evil god meant it for good totally get it yep but um maybe talking to someone who's just been converted um, are there things that you would warn them against or at least go, you know, watch out for this. Mm. Here's where I kind of stuffed it up a little bit. You could avoid that and do this. And say, like, I got, I got a stack of them. Mm. <laughs> things where I'm like, was pretty keen, pretty zealous, went into it. Um, you know, all guns blazing type thing and, and yeah. reflecting 10 years later or 12 years later or whatever going, ah, probably sort this and sort this. And so, so do you have things like that in particular that you would, you know, let's say another, a, a girl 10 years younger than you that you might say, watch out for this, watch out for this. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of theology, I would say cage stage anything. Um, and just <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. like no matter what position you take, um, I think knowing what is top tier, what is core yeah. doctrine and what is family matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, because there are things that definitely are not family matters, but then there are things that you can differ on. Yeah. And um, it's a family discussion. Yeah, yeah. Still brothers and sisters, but yeah. Were you a bit cagey? Mm, oh, not to me. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. He might have a different opinion. Was she cagey? She's cagey now. <laughs> She's cagey now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, my, maybe my KG came later, but no, I, I definitely, at the moment, I'm a lot more, um, like, frustrated. And I think it's because I just never 
had a stance on anything prior right. to now, whereas this is the strongest I've ever been in my faith, yeah. in my theology, and what I believe is the truth, and also in my call to yeah. pursue truth and yeah. make disciples of the truth. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No, that's right. It's like, caginess is weird, because <laughs> I, I remember when I was, you know, pretty freshly into Christianity and pretty freshly into like, you know, Calvinistic thought and stuff, and mm. I hear people talking about the cage stage. And I'd kind of, like, I, I could grasp what it was, but hadn't fully realized, like, oh, like, I'm in this right now. Like, this is, this is the season I'm in at the moment. Yeah. Like, I'm super cagey. And, because you feel totally justified in all of your cages. <laughs> and, like, to some extent, like, I reckon you kind of are. <laughs> like, might I say that? Like, 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 like it is kind of frustrating. Like, yeah. it is kind of frustrating that you've got a scenario where I know I just feel like the church is painfully weak in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's like, I hear people say things. I'm like, okay, you should know better. Like, yeah. You, you've been a Christian for a long time. And just, if you had just read the Bible fairly regularly mm. for the last 20 years, you, you should know that. Or if you've, if you've gone to church every Sunday for the last 40 years, you should yeah. know this, you know, that's, and, and like, I, I've had to, I guess, balance myself out. And I think like there's good, advice that's often given to people for example that want to go into ministry where they'll say like okay go work in the real world mm. for a few years just to get your head around like what it's like and what you know the average yeah. load that someone's carrying is and i'm like okay valid point like yeah. people come into church like pretty tired pretty beat up pretty discouraged and mm. sometimes life's just so hectic that you know you're not gonna have a um chance to maybe think about all the pros and cons of pre-tribulational model of the rapture like yeah, totally, yeah. Get that. Like, totally get that but just maybe a bit more i would expect yeah <laughs> i don't know that's weird like it's kind of justified yeah and that was one of the things we were going through in um, mentoring with um my latest mentee yeah view, gotcha. <laughs> say. yeah um yeah it was just around um even boundaries with advice from yes. people within the church sure yeah and it's like just because they are a christian and they're an older christian like if it doesn't align with script scripture, yeah. then no, totally. Like yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with, with what you listen to, eh? Yeah. And I think yeah. So I don't know, like, because obviously New Zealand is my context. I I can't speak to what it's like elsewhere, but it just mm. feels like, like you go to an average like Christian bookstore, or you go to like a secondhand <laughs> store, and you look in the Christian section, and it's yeah. just like, if you were to say like, what is the general theology of the christian church in new zealand it's like judging from that it's it's like bleh. like it just yeah. it's just a combination of everything uh, a lot of american friends i have will say like oh man like in america a baptist is a baptist yeah in new zealand a baptist is like, a bapticostal yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and that's no shade thrown to pentecostals at all like it's it's a it's a tradition uh, yeah. but just like baptist is baptist and pentecostal is pentecostal but yeah. here it's like yeah. it's just all manner of combinations of things and so the stuff that you might hear someone say it's just like whoa like, what? what the yeah like, um just depending on what your the tradition you're actually in is or what you would maybe be expecting like a veteran christian to say don't yeah. you gotta be you gotta be careful about what you hear for sure eh? well that's awesome could you talk to us about um well okay so you, you're feeling you're feeling cagey at the moment, or at least it's been said that you're a bit cagey. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, what what topics are you working through at the moment? Like, what are you what are you sort of thinking of, thinking about, and thinking through? Um, probably eschatology. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, lots of that in time. Yeah, that'll make you super cagey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, especially at the moment. Um, let's see my other one. Is. That that goes under escapology. I don't know if I should say that on here. <laughs> I'll just say it. you can edit it out if you like. That's totally okay. Okay, but um, we'll just see if it survives. survives—and if you're you're hearing this, it, it's made it. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't too offensive. No, yeah. that's okay. Um, what is it's it around Israel being ah, okay. God's chosen people? I'm mm. um, very yeah, yeah. So like, I know about the day I said um, John MacArthur's like someone that I listened to. I loved his reformed side of him, sure, but his dispy side of him, like um, that's not what you're about. Nah, yeah. Yeah, and so, and yeah, just lots of, um, I guess, older Christians around me mm. at the moment, you know, they're, they're pushing on. I've been called the Antichrist. Oh, wow. Um, for not believing that Israel are God's true and chosen people. Right. Um, yeah, and so just, yeah. Yeah, that'll make you cagey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, that ain't cool. Yeah, like, um, I guess, yeah, and then lots of things like, I guess, around Calvinism and Arminianism, mm. like, yeah, that just don't fit. When people's theologies don't fit there, what they say is just, it, yeah. When people are incongruent, yeah, it makes no. me cagey. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. They just yeah. haven't, sort of, haven't sort of connected the dots on some yeah. of those things, for sure. Like, I'm like, I don't mind if you believe this thing, yeah. but you also believe this thing, and those two things don't match, so... Like, yeah. say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah, totally. And sometimes it is just, yeah, literally thinking about just how the connections work, eh? Yeah. Um, like, John MacArthur is a very interesting hybrid on, yeah. on some of that stuff. And, yeah, like, I, I rate him as well. Like, I think he's a huge blessing to the church. Um, personally, not with him on, um, yeah, his eschatology. Although, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that um, a number of people listening, um, that that's where they're at. And, and they love it. And that's all cool. I... I'm good enough friends with them as well to know they're not going to call me the Antichrist for uh, my take on it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a weird time too, right? Like given all the current events at the moment where like, I'm, you know, um, definitely sympathetic to Israel's current situation and, yeah, and what, they, what they need to be doing at the moment. But yeah, I, I try to assess them uh, largely in terms of how I would any other nation at, at this point in terms of, in terms of what's going on there um yeah, yeah so i mean and help, help me out with what you're thinking about this so in terms of like so obviously I, I get that you'd be like not thinking that the nation at the moment would be the chosen people of god but would you say there's any spiritual significance to them in terms of um like other things i'm thinking like the the grass the grafting of them back into the olive tree that yeah that paul talks about tell me about that what, what are your what are yeah. your thoughts on that i guess my theology is around christ is the true and better israel okay and so if if there are jews that god has elected and they will come yeah awesome my brothers and sisters cool. i'll still pray for their salvation now yeah and it's not that i don't think that we shouldn't pray for them as a church but i think um yeah, just sure. Yeah, Christ to me is what all mm. Old Testament stories and prophecies and what Scripture points yeah, to. The is, true Israelite. Yeah, is yeah. Jesus. I think it's fascinating um, looking a little bit into the fifty-third chapter of Isaiah, which people love to quote a lot. Obviously, like <laughs> the suffering servant, but just seeing like contextually, he's talking about Israel, like in that chapter. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. Why is, you know, Philip picking up on that in Acts chapter 8? Mm. Um, you know, Paul 
I think it's in, I think it's in Romans, Romans either nine or nine. ten where he quotes yeah. from it as well, um, and and Matthew in in chapter eight, like why are they pulling this up? And it's like yeah, because this is this new side of the I guess pulling messianic threads out. It's like where does where does this passage fit in? It's like, well, here's a surprise. Jesus is actually the fulfillment of this. Like, there's, like, he is the nation in a sense. Like, yeah. Israel's spoken of as like the servant, but then the servant's also distinct from Israel because the servant rescues Israel. So it's yeah. like, okay, so how does that work? And it's like, yeah, I think it's because it's Christ. Like, um, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a fascinating discussion. Eh? Fascinating <laughs> discussion. And like, I mean, as I say, I'm I'm totally cool with people that um sit on the on the dispensational side of it. Um landing there like that's all cool as long as you like as with anyone and i've been overly cagey about it at certain points in in my life as well um yeah like just aren't gonna call people an antichrist for yeah we're we're brothers i can take other things but antichrist i think that's a bit (laughs) yeah 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 that that's full on hey let's talk about um just to really change gears here a little bit um scripture so Hmm. so you mentioned you're at a good point in your life at the moment with some of these things, a strong point in your life, I think is what you said. Um, how do you approach getting into the word of God? Um, so do you have rhythms in your life? Do you have certain things that you're doing to make sure you're, you're in scripture? Talk to me about that. Just the approach to the, the word. Yeah, um, I guess that's a good one for me because the discipline of reading scripture is definitely unnatural to me. And um, yeah. like I definitely find it easier to sit and pray or sing and worship, whereas sitting down to read, um, I actually did find it really hard. And so I think it's just like like working out a muscle. Yeah, I can make all the excuses in the world, but like it's, it's not going to help. So I just need to put that effort in. Yeah. And sometimes like... I know it's a bit hard, particularly for newer Christians when they hear something like that, but like for some people, that's just the truth. It, yeah. It's going to be hard and you just have to sit down yeah. and read it, follow a, a year plan if that's yeah. helpful. It helps being married because his, an easy discipline for him is reading the Bible. Yeah, that's handy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's definitely handy for me, but um, yeah. And so like I tried to do my own reading and then we do readings together yeah. as a couple and go through books. Um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Now mar- marriage can be can be great for that. What are you reading at the moment? I am going through Exodus. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, one thing that Spurgeon would ask people who were <laughs> becoming members of his church in the eighteen hundreds, he would ask, "What would you love to accomplish for the Lord?" Mm. So I throw that out to you. What would you love to accomplish for the Lord? Um. By his grace, I'd love to be a good and faithful servant. Mm. Um, and whatever I do, whether that is being um, a daughter to my parents, being a sister to my sisters, a wife to my husband. Yep. Um, yeah, and just being faithful to grow where I'm planted and not to seek this patch of grass to grow in because that's where I want to grow. Yeah. But just, yeah, wherever God plants me. Beautiful. I can grow there. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's switch it up to some uh, some rapid fire questions. <laughs> Feel free to drill in to any of these as much as you want. If you've got a lot you want to say on it, that's totally fine. Don't feel rushed. But at the same time, if you want to go short, that's totally cool as well. Just cool. uh, it's over to you. You're on a deserted island. You can only have five books of the Bible with you on this deserted island. Which five books would you have? 
Exodus, well. Habakkuk, Psalms, Matthew, and Ephesians. Dang, man, that was quick. I think that's like the quickest answer I've heard on this. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why Habakkuk? Oh, Habakkuk is one of my favorite okay. books. I think um, the contrast between the other prophets where the prophets are speaking on behalf of God to the people. Habakkuk is speaking on behalf of the people to God. Yeah. It's a very prayerful yeah. book. The yeah. encounter with the Lord in that book is fascinating. Yeah, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. It's very <laughs> and cool. a strange one. Probably don't get that often. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it, it's it's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, we've just been working through. Well, you know that because you've been at, at, in Todong for a couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks back, we're in chapter ten of Hebrews, where he he quotes it from chapter two there. So fascinating, yeah. fascinating. Um, are you one of those life verse people? Do you have a life verse? Um, yeah, I'd probably say I have two. Oh, nice. One is Exodus 14, 14. Okay. Um, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then first Timothy four twelve, which is something along the lines of don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in faith, love and conduct. Nice. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. That's a great verse. Eh? Yeah. That's a great verse. I used to always get frustrated when I was a teenager because I feel like arrogant teenagers would quote it and just quote the first half and it was like if any adult told them off because they were just being like super like they were being antichrist small a yeah yeah in their behavior Um, and they're just like you're looking down because i'm young it's like no you're literally not setting an example in in conduct and and the other things you just mentioned like you're being the worst right now but if you say anything you're looking down because i'm young it's like grow up yeah Um, okay Fascinating. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great verse. Best thing about being a Christian? The hope of heaven. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Uh, book of the Bible you'd like to understand better? Revelation. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Something the church in New Zealand could do better at? Scriptural integrity. Nice. Mm. Favorite Christian song? Uh... Christ Be Magnified by Cody Carnes. I've never heard that one, but oh, I'll have to Google it. I have to yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's a good one. His um, The bridge to the song is referencing to different passages in scripture. And so like one of them is um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Cool. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What's his name? Cody Carnes. Yeah. Man, for some reason that sounds, maybe it's the alliteration. Sounds like it'll be country. Is it country? No, definitely okay. not. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Okay, I can do it. Um, favorite Christian authors or thinkers, people that um, yeah you've found helpful and have been challenging for your thinking, have stretched you. Mm. Uh, Tim Keller, uh, Vodou Borkum, yeah, Lisa Turkist. Okay, yeah. who's that? I've never heard of Lisa. Um, she's this female Christian author, and so she writes books. She's had a very hard life. Okay. Yeah, and so I like I really resonate with um, the lessons that God has taught her cool. through her pain. Yeah, yeah, she's a beautiful author, and she I love the way she incorporates scripture into her books. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it's not fluffy. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. What What do you like about Vodi? Um, he's just straight up. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh, what's there's a phrase that he says. Oh, are you smelling what I'm stepping in? <laughs> no, I just love, and I love that he's very um. Un- unapologetic about sharing the gospel yeah. and 
being like, yeah, it's hard, but this is what God says. Yeah. And so we have to do it. Totally. Yeah. That's great. Did you see him get interviewed by Ben Shapiro a little while ago? I heard of it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was a good chat. Yeah? It's a good chat. Enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I enjoy him, eh? He's good fun. It's good fun. Real gutsy and a good challenge. Um, there's a particular thing he said one time in a sermon that just, like, hit me so good mm. that I can't say on here because <laughs> it's just, like, just going to... Yeah, not the place for it. No, but it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not not because it was like a personal thing to me or anything, but it was just it was just real intense, and I was just like, dang, bro, that was very effective. But I'm not going to get in trouble for yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about sexuality on here today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, dang, bro. Um, yeah, no, rate him, and obviously you mentioned Johnny Mac as well. Yeah, and um, Steve Lawson's good too. Cool. And, yeah. yeah, love Steve Lawson. Yeah, those guys are solid. Eh? Yeah. Just good Bible teaching, man. Yeah. Ben like, Spurgeon's good. I don't. I can't say I've read his, um, like sermons or okay. books, but lots of his quotes. Yeah. Yeah, like creeds and confessions pages and stuff. He comes up a lot. Spurgeon's a ripper. Spurgeon's a ripper. That's so good. Um, tip for Bible reading. Someone's just starting out. Helpful tip to get them going. Um, I'd say start with uh, one of the Gospels. I personally love Matthew, just because the Jewish flavor is very. The Jewish culture is very similar to the Pacific Island culture. Okay. And so, yeah, that, I found it helpful reading that one first. Which, if you are listening and cannot tell, uh, Monica is a part of, just uh, just in case you're... Um, and, and just in case you're wondering um, about the similarity there. Yeah. Um, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Did, did you want to say something? Or? Oh, sure. Yes, I am Samoan. So, <laughs> hence the reference to Pacific Island culture. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, favorite Christian artist? Ooh, artists. Probably Brooke Lidgewood. I do love her music. As in, previously was Brooke Fraser? Is that her new yes. last name? All right. Yeah, yeah. She's got some good songs, eh? Yeah, especially, um, like, I do like some of her music with Hillsong, but yeah. her two albums she's released on her own. Okay. I have really loved. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Favorite thing about your church? Like, Redeemer, currently? Or um, like... Well, you, you, I mean, you're very welcome to, yeah. <laughs> to refer to Redeemer as home, but maybe the one you've spent more time in. Yeah. Um, because you probably have a little bit more experience yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. Um, I think two things. I appreciate the teaching. Definitely uh, before I loved theology, I did not appreciate the teaching. Okay. <laughs> and second is their outreach. Every year they do a Christmas drive through cool. And it's like widely known in the community that people go even if they're not Christians. Yeah. It's just like a fun family thing. To yeah. Do. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. Well, this has been another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. Drop us a comment on this episode on Spotify. Perhaps give us a five-star rating on Spotify if you so desire and believe in such things. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. Redeemer Church is a Bible teaching church in the center of Tauranga on 2nd Ave. Uh, our services are at 10.30. Come on down for a service and worship uh, with us on a Sunday if you're in town. Monica, it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's been good. <laughs> Grace and peace to you.
Sand is less than a cool fresh spring And to one lost ship I ship with more Shalom, Krizos. Hey, just before we finish up the podcast, I just wanted to draw your attention to a book project that Anthony, one of the pastors at the church, and I have just finished working on. It's called Church and State Reflections on the Things of Caesar and the Things of God, discussing the issue of the relationship between the church and the state. What kind of things should the state tackle? What kind of things should the church tackle? Is there any overlap between the two? If you're in need of some more misinformation and extremism in your life, uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It's available for free over at the church facebook page have a happy rest of your tuesday